I did it. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Except now you sound like you're in out back in Albania. <laughs> Why are you so far away? <laughs> Sorry, I keep forgetting that the phone <laughs> needs to be near my mouth. Oh, <laughs> correct. Yes, I same. And uh, you'd think we'd be on it by now, but probably because we haven't recorded in about a month, we've probably forgotten everything I we've forgot. ever everything. learned. I hit play instead of record last time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I kept a little bit of me talking and you being like, oh, no. So we'll see how I can include all that together. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Paranormal Captivity. We're A, so sorry we went on an unexpected hiatus. And two, so excited to have you back. I think I just did A and then two, and I can't remember which. (laughs) Yeah, that's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's Everything's great. We're all fine. Everything is great, and everything is great. That's just the way it is. Yes. I mean, some things are terrible, but we don't have to get into those because those are not very good things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just meaning on a grander scale. My life is going pretty oh. great. If busy. Yeah. I mean. How are you? Maybe we should do a little a little catch up in the... Yeah. What have you sure. been doing? You had a birthday. I did have a birthday. I even got... Like, a couple of hours off on my birthday. I was going to take the whole day off, and then it just, like, wasn't possible. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's how it... Yeah, I feel like that's how most works tend to be. But you did have some time off. That's good. Yeah. No, it was great. I came home, and I drank wine and ate key lime pie and ordered sushi for myself, and then just hung out and slept. (laughs) So good. Do people know about your key lime pie tradition? Have we talked about that yet? Probably not. I don't know. Maybe. Did did my last birthday include? No, I worked on my last birthday. That was stupid. (laughs) You're in the right direction, I guess, if you're doing less. The right direction, yeah. (laughs) At least taking, trying to take a half day. But yeah, yeah, my my tradition on my birthday is to, um, usually it's to, oh no, I have a missed call from you. Oh, that was me. Sorry. I mean, you literally just said that was me. So. <laughs> Let me just tell you what your phone already told Actually, you. Actually, my computer just told me. <laughs> oh, interessant. Yeah. Um, but yes, anyway, so my birthday tradition is usually to drink mimosas and key lime pie. But now that I'm uh-huh. in my 30s, I can't handle that much sugar. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm switching to wine and key lime pie, which is still delicious. Oh, it's such a good tradition. It's so fun. It's so, you know, I know you had trouble doing it. I think it was in Albania, right? When you were having trouble finding, you had to like try to make it yourself. Yeah, they don't have limes in Albania. Oh, who knew? (laughs) So that made my key lime pie tradition very difficult. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I did make a really sad substitute one year. I made a better substitute the next year. But um, just so you know, kiwi is not the substitute for lime (laughs) that you should be using in a key lime pie. (laughs) Yeah, I could see how that would be like a sad go-to, but also like a, "Mm, this is not going to work, like after the fact. (laughs) Yeah. Like I would have attempted and been sad about that too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, everything in Albania, if you, if it was like originally with lime, Albania switched in lemons And I was just so tired of having lemon substitutes (laughs) that I tried to do something different. And I was like, maybe it'll be green and that'll make up for the fact that kiwi is definitely not citrus. (laughs) And it'll trick my brain. I can tell myself that I... it'll trick my brain. (laughs) 
It's but a placebo. It was just like the too, kiwi is a I know. placebo. The placebo oh, kiwi good, effect. Placebo. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's because key lime pie is made with like sugar and sweetened condensed milk and like every other sweet thing possible. Like every other ingredient is sweet. So oh. you don't want a sweet fruit. Spoiler alert. It is too much sugar. <laughs> oh, man. It's true. If we watched Chopped at all, we would know that you need balance. You but need balance. I also forget those things. Yeah. But, well, I'm glad you had a good birthday. It sounds, I mean, honestly, that sounds like a great tradition. I should start something like that for myself. Yeah. It's good to have a go-to. It is good to have a go-to. Um. Wait, we did just have a really fun thing that we did today that I kind of stole for my birthday. Oh. Um, John has a friend who works on Bob's Burgers. Oh. Yeah. And so we got to go to a table read today and listen as, and watch as like a bunch of the actors were on the phone, but some of them were there. Like Kristen Shaw was there. Um, The guy who does Tina's voice was there. Oh my gosh. It was so, so fun. And we got this whole tour of their office and oh, it was just chef's kiss. Yeah. It was great. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, we're in the we're in uh, high Pisces season right now in between. I feel like the beginning and end of Pisces season are marked by our birthdays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they kind of are my birthday. I don't know how close your birthday is to the to the cusp of another sign, but I feel like every time I read like any horoscopes I always read both Aquarius and Pisces because generally the Aquarius ones like fit my life better interesting even though I am a Pisces (laughs) well you're like you're really on the cusp right yeah I'm like a day or two off yeah I need to check I I really have been meaning to get more into like looking at the details of actually like you know I've always known I was a Pisces but you know not the actual like specifics but I will say every time even like any little meme of a Pisces anything online, I'm like, yeah, I, I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I feel less accurate, but sometimes. <laughs> well, if you've got a good cross, like if you got a good cross between Aquarius and Pisces, then, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're both like fishy, right? Oh, yeah. Are they, are they both, wa- they're both water. I mean, aqua. Op- would suggest that but I am <laughs> right, right? no astrologist <laughs> yeah no me, me <laughs> Julia we should do a cat update I feel like I say that and like I don't know what my cats have been doing in the interim between the last time we recorded but do you have any oh. cat news for us before we um I do have some cat news. Mm. So I was just at a, a like five day long, was it? Was it five day long? No, it was like four day long. I don't know. I was at a conference mm-hmm. in DC. Um, so my cats have been on vacation for a while <laughs> because I don't have a pet sitter up here. So I just take them down to our parents' house in Virginia every time I'm out of town, which means that they're gone for like a week before and a week after because I go down to drop them off on those. So they've been on vacation in Virginia for the past like two and a half, three weeks-ish. Lucky them. Um, Pretty much since my birthday. They have a farm 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 style vacation yeah farm living farm living but they're yeah they're good um chuni has eaten his weight in small vermin <laughs> oh geez uh-huh. yeah i saw the video you sent me it was possibly more traumatizing <laughs> than seeing it in person <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, he's he's gross. He likes to bring he likes to bring his kills up to the porch to eat them. Oh. Well, cuz you have he wants you to partake. He wants too. yeah, he wants, he wants us all He wants us all to be proud. <laughs> <laughs> Which, oh, you know, good good for him. He's a very skilled hunter, but it's also very gross. But I mean, and to be fair, all the other cats leave carcasses. He just leaves 
blood splotches, so he at least cleans up his mess. And livers. He doesn't eat the liver. Is it the liver? And liver. Yeah, he doesn't eat the liver. Sometimes he doesn't eat the head, but usually he eats most of it. Or all of it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But Mushu had a little vet visit today, Uh so I got a a little picture of him and his carrier. Buddy. Yeah, just just a little checkup, just a little ear clean. Oh, good. Yeah, Ari's having her um, tooth checkup on Monday just to make sure everything's still going well in her little little gross sad mouth (laughs) sad (laughs) sad placky mouth oh i guess i i do have an update on that too and that i think we talked about how i took shadow to have his gums cleaned the same week you took ari to have Mm -hmm. her teeth looked at and removed and cleaned and everything um so i have been i've been mostly good I've probably been doing it I haven't been doing it every day like they said but I did get that gel that I told you guys I might have to get before yeah so we got the gel and I have been shoving my finger into Shadow's mouth and doing a little swish around (laughs) on his poor little oh good inflamed yeah Ari definitely is not getting that at home Uh, she would get it if she were here with me but I guarantee you no one at home is taking care of her teeth yeah I know it's hard to I mean even just with our three it's hard to like actually and honestly it's not even the number of cats it's just that I'm lazy sometimes and I'm like you know well every day or maybe every other day or maybe today (laughs) I don't want to shove my finger in your mouth but I will say he is so chill and like I mean, he kind of hates it, but he also is like, I don't know if he's just like an agent of chaos and is like, yeah, let's see where this takes us, huh? And like, (laughs) he just like, he like sniffs it sometimes. And like, even after I have like clearly put the gel onto my finger and like shoved it in his mouth, he will still like look at the bottle like, yeah, let me look at that again. Like any other (laughs) cat would be like swatting that away. (laughs) But... Yeah, that's been going well. Oh, the other day, my cats, my cats are indoor cats, so they have not killed anything that I know of. I mean, before we pulled them off the streets. But the other day we did have, we have this little cute little patio um, attached to our apartment and a mouse got into our little patio. I know, even though I have this like little bamboo fence up. I don't know how this mouse did it, to be honest. This is a little bit more mouse corner talk than it is cat talk, even. Obviously, the cats were, like, watching it. That's, like, how I knew the mouse was out there. Mm -hmm. But this mouse, he somehow got... So we have a lemon tree right at the corner of our patio. and But, like, on the other side of the fence. And somehow, this mouse got a lemon, like, into (laughs) our patio through the bamboo fence, which is, like, very tightly. I don't know how it happened. And honestly, Julia, I thought I was going crazy because... When I first saw him, so I heard the scuffling, and I looked out, like, the cats were, like, obviously going crazy, and mm-hmm. so I looked out. I was worried it was a skunk, because we've had a lot of skunks in our neighborhood, so I was, like, getting ready to batten the hatches <laughs> and be like, oh, God, I have to, like, destroy no everything on outside. our patio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so, as I was looking, I looked out, and all of a sudden, I didn't even see the, mo- the mouse yet, but all of a sudden, a little lemon rolled across <laughs> from... <laughs> from under one of the chairs in the corner of my patio just like rolled you were like like, hey lemon (laughs) i was like oh hi lemon i know and like a lemon is like i if any of you have listened to and that's why we drink lately from like episode maybe like 120 and on lemon is like a huge character now not my lemon but christine's lemon so i was like kind of like is someone like pranking me like i see lemons all the time (laughs) for my job yeah and so then after the lemon just like casually rolls ominously across the the patio then this mouse just like darts across to the other side and I was like oh I guess you did that but I don't know how and then it got wilder because I was just kind of locking it away to be like okay tomorrow I'll just like go check and make sure the mouse didn't get like trapped and you know mm-hmm. I can throw the lemon out um you know or just back over the fence I kid you not I looked back over there probably 20 minutes later 
the lemon was gone and I know no sign of the mouse. So I was like, did you just pick this up and like walk out? Like what, how did you get out of here? Do also do mice even like lemons? I have no clue. I suppose. I thought they liked like grains. Don't they eat? Do they eat citrus? I mean, maybe this one did. Maybe this one was making himself a little, uh, a little uh, cocktail, a little, a little <laughs> fake fake key lime pie. Yeah, a little exactly. <laughs> yep, this was it was this mouse's birthday for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I truly felt like I was going wild or going crazy. I was like, hmm, I uh, do not know, do not know. Hmm. Should have set your cats loose. Uh, you know, I do. Don't tell John. I do kind of want to let them out in our little patio. I don't think. Well, actually, now I shouldn't because before my argument was like the bamboo fence they could never get out from under it but if a fucking mouse can get through it with a whole lemon <laughs> then i'm assuming our cats can get out too i mean that's much smaller than a cat i'm sure they'd be fine although i will say chuni thinks that he can jump my fence which is pretty high uh... he's been definitely like looking and trying which i don't want him to do no. <laughs> i don't want him to do a because it goes straight out into like an alleyway which leads out into like a pretty main street but b it has spikes on the top of it (gasps) because it's baltimore (laughs) yikes so there's like nails sticking out it's like a like wooden plaque with like nails like shooting out the top so i'm like please don't try to jump this no buddy (laughs) don't do it little guy oh so I've actually been thinking about going to Home Depot and getting like, um, you know, the like, the like trellis kind of like the lightweight, like trellisy material, the kind of oh, like yeah. cross, uh-huh. cross hatchy wood. They sell those in like one foot and two foot, um, like p- planks, I guess, boards, like lengths hmm. or whatever. So I've been thinking yeah. about trying to find a way to like attach that to the top so it makes it look like he can't jump it. Even if it is flimsy oh. and he would be able to knock it over. I was going to say, wouldn't that just make it like look like he could climb it more easily? Not if it's just attached to the top. Oh, okay. Yeah, true. Like if I nail it to the... To the spikes. Tag it to the top. <laughs> nail it to the spikes. Yeah, just jam it on there. <laughs> just, you know, stick it right through there. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So I don't know if there's a way that you could potentially do that to the top but i feel like if you just add like an extra foot or like some netting to the top to make it look taller they wouldn't yeah, try to jump yeah i guess it. that's true it would and it would only be franklin that i would worry could jump over but i would also worry that they could like if the mouse got in like under like through the bottom then that's what i would mm. worry about more because mm-hmm. they're all such good burrowers <laughs> yeah no for sure <laughs> those little asses I'm a little escape artists. Oh man, well, should I try to do my traditional segue from what we're talking about randomly into the book? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, let's see. Speaking but, of escape artists. Speaking <laughs> of escape artists, um, Celia Robertson is trying to escape Florida and coming into pickaxe <laughs> in her hot little red car. <laughs> yeah that's true she did show up this time she did yeah that was pretty exciting i was like worried they weren't gonna bring her in in this in this uh section but they did yeah they did they did um oh and since uh it has been so long we are still reading the cat who blew the whistle yes part du part du part du um and uh yeah a lot less train talk this uh this section which i yeah while our main our main train person is gone potentially dead. But gone potentially dead. That is true. <laughs> we get, um, yeah, this section is one of the first things that happens. We get Coco's little death dance. Yeah. But we don't have a death that we know of yet. So Yeah, that there's is no weird. dead body. He just <gasps> death dances over a picture in the newspaper. Well, we do have a dead Wait. body, unfortunately. I know. I literally just thought of that. And I was like, could Coco be death dancing for zach which is uh, side note a hilarious name for a dog and also sadly a dog dies in this section which is truly truly sad and stupid a tragedy yeah but i don't think that was coco's death dance uh deathy 
Yeah, I forget. Do you remember what was on the newspaper that he death danced on? Um, I think it was a newspaper about the, like, scandal, right? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, you're probably right. Hmm. Yes. So, for anyone who has forgotten since it's been so long <laughs> we hey, did have sorry. a yes <laughs> we did have a scandal in the last section which is like really all that needs to be remembered um is that uh mr trevelyan mm-hmm. and his um potential lady friend texas secretary have mm-hmm. disappeared with um like an entire town's money here's what i was thinking the whole time you were speaking how to combine texas and secretary texary (laughs) (laughs) it sounded better in my head (laughs) (laughs) i love how much you hate it <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> I will cease and desist. Um, but yes, you are. Yeah, you're right. So we had this little scandal, and then it turned into something a little bit bigger because not only did this guy disappear with his potential fling uh, secretary that he's potentially having a fling with, um, but he is the president of a credit union. And the second part of the scandal that breaks is that uh, his credit union has no money and cannot pay back the investors that have invested. Even savings accounts, because we find out later, too, that one of the the affected parties is a poor Boy Scout troop who was, like, doing all of this work to save, like, $2,000 to go on a camping trip. And then, like, they don't have their money because they put it into this credit union. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, sorry, Boy Scouts. Also, Quillerin is real snippy about not helping them, which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that was the in the conversation where we learned that. I can't remember who it was with, but they were like, Quillerin, wouldn't the K-Fund be, like, a good, you know, like, wouldn't it be good, good publicity? Like, what if you just threw mm-hmm. them a couple extra? And he was like, hell no. <laughs> yeah, he's, I think his literal words were akin to, they can fill out an application, they can find the application anywhere, and they can fill it out themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good heart forward there, Quillerin. Good uh, philanthropic tendencies. Yeah, nice and cranky. Nice and cranky, considering all the places that he's come across and been like, oh, the K-Fund will fund this just out of his, like, (laughs) skipping the whole application just because he, like, finds a lady sexy. You know what probably happened is that he probably got yelled at by the K-Fund to be like, um, hi, Quillerin, can you please stop just offering people random money and have them actually fill out the application? He got grumpy, and now he's taking it out on other people. <laughs> he's taking it out on Boy Scouts. He's taking it out on 11-year-olds who just want to go camping. Um, so, yeah, so this, as we've kind of, like, alluded to, although I don't know if anyone would have guessed because we do tend to go wildly off topic, um, this section does kind of not super go in any sort of order. Um, this one is a lot more, like, errands Like, he goes on a lot of errands. He has a lot of dinners. Um so yeah, I feel kind of like we have a little free form open forum here to be like, and then he did this and then he did this at different times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause that I think was a little later in the in the chapters that we read. We read uh I believe chapters four five through five eight? through eight. Yes, five through eight. Yeah. Yes. Um Yeah, one of the other big through lines that's happening um, that kind of factors into everything is that Polly's house is still being built Mm -hmm. um, and that she is being a big worrywart about it. If Quillerin can be believed, I think she's probably just investing a lot of money in something and so she's keeping an eye on it. Yeah, no, that's true. And I think he his big complaint is that she won't let him like pay for anything. Yeah. And so she's she's like like really stressing over all of her choices and he's like if she just let me paid for everything then she could pick like the most expensive and have like all of the things that she wanted instead of picking like her favorite thing and then like letting the other things be compromises and she's like no we're we don't have an official title so this is gonna be my house (laughs) which like good for her because I mean, honestly, he doesn't want to get married. They don't seem to be wanting to live together. 
um, for many reasons, including, I'm sure, reputation. But yeah, I mean, given their kind of instability-ish, I mean, I wouldn't want someone like that to pay for my house either, because then if you break up, everything that you own is either weirdly tied to them and like you owe it back to them, or it just reminds you of that person and you can't get away from it. Yeah. True. And she even makes that point too. She even says like, this is going to be the only house that I build myself. Like I am putting it all together. I want it to like really represent me. And then he does back down they go to dinner and he's like kind of giving her a little snippy hard time. And he, when she says that he does to his credit kind of back down he's kind of like, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. But we do, I think, see less of Polly in this book, probably because of that. And I think that might be a way to, like, ease the Celia Roberts character in without having to, like, overlap her with Polly while <laughs> while, right. while readers are getting adjusted to both. Yeah, exactly. I think you're right. Um because earlier we have, so we knew in the from the first section that Celia Robinson was uh, moving to Pickaxe, and that Quillerin was very excited about it. Um, at, and the cats we assume are excited too, as she is the maker of Kabibbles, the famous. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Quillerin has been like, in a way that I don't love. He has kind of been like messing with Polly a little bit just in terms of how he's been mentioning Celia and even to the point where in this section we do even get him admitting that he's been kind of mad at Polly for like not going out with him and being so you know into the blueprints for her um basically like every night she's been studying the blueprints for her house and like checking up on things and researching and so she hasn't been hanging out with him as much and I think he's, like, a little annoyed with her, uh, you know, constantly talking about it, too. That she, he, like, they're talking. She brings up the house. She's, like, talking about the house. He then, on purpose, immediately changes the subject to the fact that Celia Rob- Robinson is coming in that day. And the fact that he has to spend, go spend time with her. And, like, he even later was like, I feel a little bad about that. I knew that that would make her mad. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of a dick move. <laughs> yeah. Because Quillerin can be a little, a little meanie. He can. And then Celia Robinson comes into town and then he immediately starts criticizing her about how she acts. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah Quiller, Quillerin is in uh, true Quillerin form as usual, this, this book. That's true. I feel like every time we record, I'm like, he's grumpier than usual. And it's only like, maybe I just <laughs> forgot how grumpy he is. <laughs> Maybe he's just always grumpy. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just a constant character trait I should get used to. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Celia Robinson does come into town. Um, Quillerin has gotten, well, he, Quillerin has delegated and had other people get the carriage house ready for her, the little space he used to live in. Um, and she comes into town with her cat. And uh, a pretty charming story about how one of the hotels she stayed in didn't allow cats, but she told them that her cat was related to the cat that lived in the White House. (laughs) 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 Which I need to look this up because has I know that, you know, it's a whole thing for the president to have a dog. Has there ever been? Has there ever been a cat? I think there probably has been. I feel like there was a president like back in the day that had like a lot of weird animals. Oh, okay. Kind of like a menagerie of sorts. A menagerie, yeah. Yeah, um, I will say that is a thing. Even pet-friendly hotels sometimes don't allow cats. Hmm. But if you tell them what's in your bag is a chihuahua, (laughs) they don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm, spoken from experience? (laughs) Maybe. maybe. (laughs) Good tip, good tip. (laughs) Yeah. Um, oh man, what else happens? We do get, yeah, we sadly do get the demise of the dog Zach, um, mm-hmm. this, this section. So Zach is, um, so the son of Trevelyan, the guy who is the CEO, the Trevelyans are a whole family in this area. And I think we mentioned last episode, they actually historically in town, they were the ones that built and owned 
the the land where uh, Quillerin's apple orchard slash barn is. So they're kind of a big family in the area. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, I don't know why I'm like losing my voice all of a sudden. <laughs> I'll get closer <laughs> to the mic. Um, so Trevelyan Senior is the missing current credit union CEO, um, and Trevelyan Junior is the construction uh, contractor, construction guy who is helping Polly build her house. So that means that Quillerin, because he has given Polly part of his land to build this house on, um, he sees this guy every day. And so he's seen this guy with his dog and he, there were certain things that like came up a little bit of like, oh, they all, the, you know, crew kind of looks like they drink a lot, which was one thing that Quillerin said. And then there were like cigarettes everywhere, but he always said like, oh, this dog is like a beautiful chow dog. And like, he comes in so happy and like runs around. And then, yeah, we get the information that the dog has actually trigger warning because it's kind of sad, super sad. Uh, this dog is shot like in the middle of the night by we don't know who yet. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of speculation over it, but there's no like fingers pointed. Um, Quillerin had uh, a conversation with the son about it and he was, you know, kind of poking around asking some questions like, you know, just making conversation and pretending he didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, it sounded like he got the impression that the, the son was, you know, knew a little bit more than he was letting on maybe. Yeah. And Quillerin even got to the point of like speculating to himself of being like, oh my gosh, I wonder if there's any way, because it turns out that, well, there were a couple of like lines of thinking that he had first being that it was linked to Trevelyan Sr. because, um, it, this was his son so he his first thought was oh maybe someone thought you know because so many people lost money they were trying to get back at Trevelyan Sr. by killing his dog which is just the most Scientology shit I've ever heard um but also because um he was Quillerin was also thinking that maybe someone he kind of like more suspiciously and like sadly was kind of like oh gosh I hope it's not this but I'm kind of getting the impression that it could possibly be someone killed the dog to garner some sympathy for Trevelyan and just didn't know that it was actually his son's dog. Or, since he now thinks that the son knows more than he's letting on, maybe the son was a part of it. I don't know. It's all very... It's not super cozy, this dog murder, I will say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's definitely... And granted, we didn't witness anything yeah so it is all speculation but it is a yeah it's just a sad subject it is in general yeah and it always it feels very like i don't know you know cozy mysteries are i mean granted they kind of walk the line of like you know being having true crime and murder involved but yeah but it's usually people and we don't like people we don't care (laughs) about people <laughs> it is truly that we thing don't want their animals to die no and it really is that thing of like the you're like you can take we're all i am definitely so desensitized where i'm like oh yeah bring on another you know murder in this book where obviously not in real life but like it's very different when it's not you know fictionalized but oh my god the minute anyone talks about an animal dying even like a fictional you know could be the most i uh, just don't even can't even handle it (laughs) yeah no that's fair i mean i know i was just bragging about chuni's hunting skills but when it's a bigger animal (laughs) yeah right for sure oh gosh a a beloved pet no one wants to deal with that and then it's like sad because after we hear that zach has been shot we get that this is when Quillerin brings over some, you know, so, uh, soft drinks and mm-hmm. I, like water to the, um, to the crew who's working on Polly's house. And that's when he kind of tries to, you know, pretend like he hasn't heard and pretend like he's not a journalist and get some more information. And poor Trevelyan Jr., we, after we already know that the dog has died, gives this, like, you know, paragraph-long description of how great this dog is. And where I just was like, oh, God, take me to the next chapter, please. Take me back to the model trains. 
Ugh, yeah. Oof. But model trains. <laughs> but also model trains. So let's continue to move forward. Yeah. Well, we did one of the the clues that we... So not to, like, keep on this... Uh, this pet pet mystery murder mystery too long but one of the clues that we did get is that this was supposed to be a guard dog oh. and there was no barking but from, like no one woke up from him barking beforehand so there is some speculation that the 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 murderer i guess it's 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 still a murderer yeah murderer, i 100 sure. think this is a murderer the uh yeah the the murderer uh might be someone that the family knew that's right that was such an interesting clue because you're right this this dog apparently the um Trevelyan, the owner trevillian jr was saying that the dog was killed while he was on this long like run line so like a really long I was assuming one of those really long like stake and leash type situations but lets them run really far Mm -hmm. um and and that you're right yeah the dog didn't bark when the dog usually barks if there's no one uh someone they don't know so that was a very probably a very important clue yeah but we haven't gotten any more clues about potentially what happened to Trevelyan Sr. Um, and his secretary lady friend. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God. Oh, no. Clink, clink, clink. <laughs> are those cats? Sorry, my, my, no, my, my dishes on my bed are clanking yeah. on them. <laughs> You live in the we could just cut that out. luxurious life over there. <laughs> luxurious life <laughs> eating in bed. <laughs> um, what was I saying? <laughs> I kind of forget. <laughs> um, my brain stopped at uh, dog. Oh, murder. it was about, yeah. Well, to move back to uh, people murderer, <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> Now that we don't have any clues of what happened to um, Trevelyan and his secretary lady friend, mm-hmm. but um, as we mentioned, Coco did do his death dance mm-hmm. over uh, this. That was pretty early on in, in the chapter. Um, yeah. So I think that the or the section the section started out with like the newspaper being you know like in their in their celebratory stage because no one considered this a murder and no one still considers this a murder yet um Mm -hmm. but it was funny because they they were talking about how like in the 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 more i guess they're i don't know this is in the 90s they can't possibly be talking about like internet media yet but i think they were talking about like radio media and like maybe other forms of media that like mm-hmm. always get to news stories first because print mm. t- takes so long, mm-hmm. and so they were celebrating this time because the scandal happened like on their deadline day, so they were gonna get it out <laughs> the next day, and they were like, "Oh my god, we're gonna be first, <laughs> finally!" Which good job, LJB, because she had set that up earlier because the first scandal that broke was everyone was super inconvenienced by it because it was like a Sunday or something and everyone was like grumbling because they had to come to work on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, soon after the news story is published, Coco does do his death dance over it. Mm-hmm. And so Quillerin's like, oh no, like maybe this isn't like someone running off with money. Maybe this is something a little bit more serious. Yeah. But yeah, we we don't get much news about that in this section. And he doesn't tell anyone in this section. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we don't really have much more to go on in the mystery sense, mm-hmm. I guess. Um but he does, I don't know if we want to, like, skip way ahead to the end. He sure. does <laughs> give give Celia um, a, a new mission to oh, kind yeah. of help speed things <laughs> along. So we're, we're hopeful that we'll get a little bit more news in the next section. Uh, because when she comes in, or maybe this was before she came in, he had already talked about... Or talk to her or talk to someone else about her being like a, like a, not like an in-home care 
nurse or anything. She's not a nurse, but she's like a like an in-home, I guess, companion type. Yeah. Like like somewhat of a like therapy like friend mood lifting type visitor. <laughs> I don't know what what the position is called for that. Yeah, it sounds a little bit like if it were it sounds a little bit more like I could focus on it a little bit more as like a volunteer program for people who maybe visit mm-hmm. people who are homebound or you know need more yeah exactly companionship but I think it is a paid position too because I think I think Quillerin offers it to her initially as you want this job and she's like oh I'm great I think she literally says I'm great with old people and it's like we were led to believe you were living in a retirement home until yeah like we, we were one led to believe that ago. you were old <laughs> are you yourself uh, not an old person yeah <laughs> so yeah so I think it's something along those lines but yeah the idea because they've had this like back and forth apparently ever since we think we mentioned maybe mentioned this last episode too um that since the park of pink sunsets incident um where Quillerin had her and her grandson going undercover um, to try to expose this uh, corrupt, corrupt retirement community. Um, they've had him, Quillerin and um, Celia have had this kind of back and forth of like, she calls him chief and like they talk sometimes like joke about just in like terms of like calling each other certain like code names or like they, they basically act like they're both undercover her in particular, ever since then. And so this is like, I think LJB was just uh, bringing back that that little... Um... Then again, I mean, Quillerin always puts people to work for him in that kind of way. So there is that too. But yeah, the idea is that he has gotten her this job. And then Quillerin immediately calls... Um... Oh, shoot. Who was it that set that up? I can't remember now. Yeah, I can't remember who it was either. I feel like it wasn't a name that we recognized from other books, but I could be wrong. I'm pretty bad with names. I think it's... Yes, you are bad with names. (laughs) (laughs) Can confirm. I think it's someone's wife who we haven't necessarily heard a lot of previously. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it might be Andrew Brody's wife or someone like that. It's not... I don't think it is, but I think it's someone kind of like that that... Gotcha. We hear of every now and then, but don't necessarily always, and especially don't think that we hear about his wife a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Quillerin calls this person and has um, has her set up Celia with the job and also specifically requests that she be paired with the Trevelyan family, a.k.a. Trevelyan's uh, wife who has mm-hmm. some kind of disease, which we also learn a little bit about this section. Do we? Yeah. Do you remember that? Um, there's like a little section where I think it's actually in that conversation that Quillerin has with Trevelyan Jr. where Quillerin asks him about his mom and he goes, oh, do you know my mom? And Quillerin goes, yeah, he like kind of vaguely, but says, oh yeah, I've met her before. Mm-hmm. And the son, go, uh, Trevelyan Jr., says something like, oh yeah, you know, I my sister and I really want to take her to Switzerland because there is a doctor there who says that he can cure her really rare illness that she has. Oh yeah, no, that's right. Forgot about that. Yeah, and so Quillerin's like <laughs> Quillerin, of course. It's always funny how he's described as like frugal, but like still a millionaire but then also he's the first person to be like so why don't you just go and then this guy has to be like <laughs> okay literally we don't have the money to do that like we, yeah who can just go for is like... expensive yeah <laughs> question mark <laughs> so there was that um and then oh i guess that's like maybe the little cliffhanger maybe we should wait a little bit more on that because quillerin does come up with a theory right after that based on a few other things that involves mm-hmm some things that we could talk about at the end. <laughs> Some things. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, what else do we have in this section? I know he goes, he talks to Fran Brody and um, what's his name? The tall guy. <laughs> the tall guy. The tall guy who's oh, dating. Derek. Derek. Yeah. Who's Derek. now dating Elizabeth officially. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we had his little, this was at the very beginning, so it didn't affect anything else in the chapter in this section, (laughs) but we did have his little, uh, 
his little interview and we hear a little bit more about the what it's a midsummer night's dream right oh it is the yeah. play that they're doing yeah yeah so we hear a little bit more about that um apparently they're taking like a little bit of a like a an outer space type approach (laughs) (laughs) and the fairies are all like little green men they're like little alien-esque creatures and they're making like pyramid structures for the background and Quillerin mm-hmm. is like n- n- not having it <laughs> oh absolutely not no and I was like oh Elizabeth I want to know more about that because she's describing like the power of pyramids and like their place in different mm-hmm. like you know kind of more you know occult thinking and Quillerin's like no that's gonna be stupid and everyone's <laughs> gonna be confused and of course Quillerin's it's like I hate this and Polly's gonna hate this everyone's gonna hate this <laughs> And then he even is like, Larry Landspeak is going to hate this because Larry, I think, is the director. And uh, yeah, he's just very immediately against it, as he is of everything that he doesn't know anything about. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Anything that's different from what he's expecting, he's like, no. <laughs> he's like, I was not con- I was not told about this, so I hate it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, maybe you're being told about it right now. And he's still yeah. such a curmudgeon. He is very much a curmudgeon, yeah. But we did have uh, an interview with uh, with Derek, which Elizabeth sits in on and answers all the questions for. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Hilariously. Yeah. So, yeah, she has a little two cents for everything. Yeah, well, it was funny because it, do- it doesn't paint Derek in, like, a super intelligent light, which we know isn't the case because he's done, like, undercover work for Quillerin before. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, Quillerin would, like, ask a question and Derek would have, like, a very mediocre answer and then Elizabeth would chime mm-hmm. in with something, like, really, like, profound and Derek was like, oh, yeah, you can attribute that to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally every time was like, yes, yes, what she said, definitely. Yeah, but for sure. For me, that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, great job on that, Derek, for yeah. stealing your girlfriend's words. Um, we also get, speaking of Elizabeth, we also get... Um, uh, a funny moment where Quiller and hates something else. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth wants to, and it's like always nice. Like it's never like I don't know. It's always so funny. So uh, Elizabeth wants to like thank Quillerin for getting her out of her terrible family situation. As he was leaving Breakfast Island last book, he brought Elizabeth with with him, and uh, she and she had always said like, oh my, you know, I loved my dad so much and. You know, he was so influential to me, blah, blah, blah. So as a thank you, she sends him this card that's like, oh, hey, by the way, like, thank you so much for everything. I'm going to send you. So I just received something from my dad's estate. Her dad, unfortunately, passed away um, previously, um, I think a while ago or a little bit ago. And uh, so she's like, okay, yeah, my brother's going to bring it over and then Derek's going to drive it over to you, not saying what it is. And so Quillerin is like, what does he think it is? There is something that... At the beginning, he thinks oh, it is. Oh, he thinks it's a pyramid. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's like, this better yeah, not be yeah. a pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Oh my god, I forgot all about that, yeah. And then, I thought it was going to go the way of, like, he was like, oh, I'm wrong, this beautiful mahogany table that I now love and write on every day. But it's also something he equally hates, which was a um, rocking chair that sounded, it sounded really comfortable. Derek was like, it looks weird, but it's really comfortable. Um, apparently yeah. it looks like twigs. Like there's a lot I don't of twigs. Know. I thought it sounded really cool. The way I was picturing it was like a bunch of, I, I don't know if you know of all the like weird spiral vines that we have in our front yard that like dad cuts down and they're now decorating everything. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I only... <laughs> I'm there when uh, when things are not growing. Yeah, oh, yeah that's fair. Um, well, these are like twiggy vine. They're like very like they're they kind of look like walking sticks, you know. Oh. But they have like natural like spirals in them, but like spiral in a way that like a like Shirley Temple curl looks, you know. Oh wow, cool. So that's kind of what I was picturing the chair as, like kind of these like walking stick vines all like spiraled together, which doesn't sound like it would be Quillerin's t- cup of tea, but like I thought it sounded really cool. 
I did too. Yeah, it sounded very like aesthetically, like very stylish and like a very maybe like a rustic chic type way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then both Derek and even Quillerin concedes that it is very comfortable. Like it's designed very well. So that as you sit down and rock in it, um, apparently it's very comfortable. But Quillerin is like, of course, goes to extreme lengths to insult this rocking chair. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I hate it. But then he goes but to Fran he... Brody. Yup. Oh my Were god. Were you about to go there too? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Sorry. Yeah. He, no, he like immediately runs to Fran Brody. <laughs> yeah. He's like, this chair is hideous. And she's like, um, that's a really expensive chair. <laughs> yeah. She's like, people on the East Coast pay $2,000 for that chair. Yeah. She's like, if you want to sell it, which I was like, please, Quillerin, don't sell <laughs> Elizabeth's father's chair that she just bequeathed to you. Yeah. You're going to be found out. Yeah. He also, I think, has has thoughts of giving it to Polly for her new house, which is a better solution. But also just keep the damn chair, Quillerin. But also just keep the damn chair. Yeah, because he was like, oh, I can give it to Polly, but she'll hate it too. You <laughs> <laughs> don't know. Me? What are you... <laughs> like, why are you throwing this chair? Just keep the chair. You have a big-ass house. Just put it in a corner. Also, you said it's comfortable. Like, you yeah. know... I don't know. Yeah. You leave it for your cats to sit in. Right. Yeah. What a dummy. But you know what the whole that whole situation reminded me of? <laughs> oh, what's that? Where it was like, I have something for you. I'll send it to your house. And then it's like a big surprise. You remember that? Uh-huh. <laughs> that part in Zelda where you like win the race with when you get Epona finally. And then you like <gasps> win the course and... Um, yes. And uh, what's her name on the farm is like, you win a prize. I'll have it sent to your house. And then you go and she puts a fucking cow in your house. Oh and my you're God, like, wait, right. what? <laughs> you're like, when did this happen? I guess well, I've been I have a, a cow in my house. <laughs> <laughs> but then you can get milk from the cow that's like good for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, now you can. Oh, I just want to play Ocarina of Time again. I know, right? <laughs> Oh my god, I love Legend of Zelda. I have been playing, I finished Breath of the Wild on the Switch, and I just am about to finish Link's Awakening, because they remade Link's Awakening for the Switch. Ah, so good. Oh my god, I'll bring it home the next time I see you. It's so cute, you would love it. Yeah, I I did love Link's Awakening, I have that on Game Boy. Yeah, I remember that, you loved it. Yeah, no. Oh, so so good. So, so good. Is it still in the, like... Is it in the, like, new style of being very uh, realistic, or is it in the, like, Game Boy style? No, it actually looks a lot like, like, if you think of um, some of the, like, the animation of, like, the newer Mario, like, how those, some of those games oh, look, okay. if you've seen the, like, shots of that, it looks a little bit like that, and it really does, like, it's super cute. I'll send you some of I've taken, like, a ton of screenshots because it's so cute. <laughs> like, it's really cute, and um, they really do a good job of, like, even though I think, you know, especially after playing Breath of the Wild, everyone was probably so, like, used to being able to do whatever they wanted to do because the game's so, like, big and all-encompassing. Mm-hmm. But they do a really good job of, like, making it really fun to play, but also, like, kind of limited in the way that a Game Boy game is. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have very specific skills that you get at very specific times and like you can only go certain areas and like you can definitely tell like the, you know, the boundaries of certain areas you just can't go. And um, yeah, it's really great. I love it. I literally stopped playing it because I'm almost at the end and I don't want it to end. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so good. Um, Okay, now that we derailed about Zelda, (laughs) what else? (laughs) Oh, geez. Well, we really, I mean, that's honestly kind of it. Like, we can get back to the little cliffhanger at some point, too, of Quillerin's theory. Yeah. I mean, if if we want to talk about, like, other random, like, errandy things that happen, we get another uh, visit to the that cat restaurant with the the paw controversy. Oh! Tipsies? Yeah, tipsies. tipsies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. With the what controversy? The paw. Do you remember that? Where it was like, yeah, okay, remind me. It was the, I can't remember what book this was in, but it was like the, uh, oh, it was Hixie's idea to do the like photo contest of like the cat that looks the most like 
like tipsy and everyone was remembering tipsy one way but then the like painting in the front room was painted with like different color paws and everyone was like no this cat had black paws and the painting had white paws or like vice versa oh my god i do remember that so it was like a whole big thing what if it's one of those mandala effects where you know people it's like baron people some people remember baron versus berenstein what if people it's like the cat's paw or it could be like one of those dress things you know where people they're like online dresses where people are like it's blue it's purple it's blue it's purple (laughs) it's just a shared hallucination shared hallucination um i think it ended up being uh like a a painting forgery issue (laughs) oh i think you're right yeah i think it was like a yeah some sort of something some sort of painting scandal (laughs) <laughs> a painting scandal as tends to happen yes indeed <laughs> um oh my god so funny so yeah there was that that's where Quillerin takes celia robinson when she first gets into town because he he goes through his mind of like okay so oh so back to his criticisms of her personality um <laughs> he basically is trying to think of a place to take her because she laughs very loudly at like she's just a very like cheerful joyful person i don't think she's trying to like get with him but he is you know ever like reputation conscious and so he was like okay i'm i need to take her out to dinner but i can't take her to like my lo- like the local place that i want to go would be great but polly's going to be there with the board or her library board and like celia's so loud and like the board's going to be right there. Like everyone can hear her. Um, and then he's like, Oh, the old stone mill, but like all the waiters know me there. And like, I can't be seen with a woman who's just, you know, laughing at everything I say. And then he, so he finally settles on tipsies, which is, you know, out of pickaxe. It's in the next town over, but yeah. So, and during that dinner, he makes like a, well, like, well, I think she kind of brings it up, but probably because she like, can sense it from him like she says something along the lines of like do you think i laugh too much and he's like well oh <laughs> yeah it was because her uh her daughter-in-law that was like her main complaint oh right so the daughter-in-law was like complaining about her like laughing too boisterously but yeah Quillerin did i mean he did have his own complaints but to his credit I feel like his answer was like long-winded enough to be non not as offensive as it probably could be because he apparently did like really like an article on laughter at some point and so he went on this like little rant about like oh everyone has like all of these different types of laughters and then he like goes through all of his like <laughs> some people are like chucklers and some people are you know you know throw their head back and laugh and some people do this and that um, yeah and I can't remember how he wrapped it up but she I think I don't think she was like offended by the end she was like oh okay yeah you're right yeah, but it did feel a little manipulative to me in the way that he was like, you know, oh, let's talk about the, you know, all the ways that people laugh. And then also he added in conveniently at the end of like, I've tried to, well, what does he call it? He has like some word for it. Fine tuning. Oh, yeah. I've tried to fine tune my laugh. And like, she's like, oh, I should do that too. And he's too. like internally like, yes. <laughs> yeah. He also points out the waitress no the hostess at tipsy's Mm -hmm. apparently has like a really loud cackle so he's like oh just wait until you hear like this woman she's she's got the loudest laugh (laughs) oh man actually this would be a good place to uh maybe say so julie and i have been trying to do a very fun thing for you guys when we finally get our slash my shit together we really want to do for patreon do little um uh dramatic readings of some of our favorite passages from our favorite cat who books and what we're currently reading and that actually would be a great place i think i'm going to pick that passage first and i'll dramatically read quillerin's little manipulative laugh monologue monologue. (laughs) yeah Yeah, about his laughter article (laughs) yeah yeah that'd be a good one yeah so stay tuned for that i will uh, maybe i'll post the first one online and then we can we'll do the rest on patreon yeah 
Yeah, that should be fun. Yeah. yeah. Um. Wow. Okay. Should we? Yeah. Are there any other air? Oh, the other. There is a. There are a couple other little through lines. One of them being Quillerin is torn. He's just torn as to whether or not he should join the Scottish Society in pickaxe. Oh. Uh-huh. Mostly just because he doesn't want to wear a kilt. <laughs> yeah. But he does have apparently a soft spot for his mother's ties to. Uh, the Macintosh clan mm-hmm. that we've heard of every single book <laughs> and every single chapter since we started reading. So when Correct. <laughs> was it Andrew Brody who was like, you should really think about like, I think so. Honoring your mother's legacy or honoring her memory and joining Quillerin was like, Ooh, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's seriously considering it. Apparently he got a, I don't know what he got, like a piece of cloth. I'm not sure what cultural significance it was. It wasn't a kilt. <laughs> no, I think it was the tartan, like the the pattern, like the plaid, you know, specific plaid to different Scottish oh, clans potentially. Was it, I could be wrong about that. it wasn't that. like a piece of clothing. I don't think it was. I think it was one of those things that you possibly might maybe drape over yourself in, like, ah. you know, like how they have kind of the side, like, pleat, pleated type, like, maybe gotcha. pleated is the wrong word, but I think, I could be really wrong, but I think it was also, like, I don't think it was as big a piece of fabric as a kilt would be because mm-hmm. one of the last little scenes we get in this, um, in this section is, uh, Quiller and thinking that he's seen blood and then realizing that it's just like a part of that fabric that the cats have like dragged out and like scattered throughout the house. Yeah. Yeah. We're also getting a lot of uh, a thieving from we're assuming yum yum. Oh, that's true. <laughs> this yeah. section. She keeps mm-hmm. stealing pens. So I don't know if that's going to play into anything later, but we got a little pen thief on our hands. That's true. And Quillerin even goes to the lengths to buy an antique pencil holder from Fran Brody that probably cost like hundreds of dollars <laughs> yeah. to hold his Just pencils. to lock up his pens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's true. That could that could be significant as well. I feel like that could definitely be meaningful later. Um, yeah, what else? I think that might be... That's all I can think of at the moment. Yeah, I think that might have been it. I'm sure there was something else, but we'll mention it in the next... Section. Yeah, we got we got the big pieces here. Yeah. Um yeah. shall we shall we mention the very end now, which is that Yeah. Quillerin's theory. The big cliffhanger. Eyebrow raise, eyebrow raise. Yes. Okay. Um well as far as I understand it, Quillerin has started to suspect. So this kind of goes back to the conversation that he had with Trevelyan Jr. after Zack dies. Um, which included the idea of them going to Switzerland. And so Quillerin has even kind of tacked on now the idea that perhaps Trevelyan Sr., with or without the the secretary, has gone to Switzerland in order to... I'm not sure if he has any actual proof of, like, offshore or whatever it's called, like, sketchy banking practices, but... Um, he was kind of like, oh, well, that kind of thing exists in Switzerland. Um, and also that's the place that Tremillion Jr. has now mentioned as the place for his wife's treatment. So Quillerin was like, I wonder if he went there. And like, not only is he like laundering, I'm, I'm not sure I'm using the wrong terms, but like hiding out his money somewhere over there. But he also is maybe waiting to get his, to bring his wife over there so that she can have her treatment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's where there any other like pieces to that theory, or that was basically it. I think that was pretty much it. Um, but yeah, his plan to get more information is to connect Celia to uh, Trevelyan's wife, and I think she oh. has her first visit um, during this section. And she came back and was like, "Oh, she's lovely. Like we get along great." And uh, yeah, that's the the whole like cliffhanger is Quillerin being like, now that you're in, <laughs> yeah. I have an assignment for you. So yeah, we'll we'll maybe hear more about it in the next section. Yes, I I don't think she's met her yet. I think she met two other women from Pickaxe, and I think she's about to go meet uh, 
Mother Trevelyan. Ah, okay. Because remember at the end there was that little bit about um, <laughs> where uh, Quilleran was like, and you know, any ev- anything you do, just like, don't mention that you know me or don't mention your connection to me. And Celia goes, okay, let me write that down. I have to remember it. I need to remember <laughs> things. To, you know, I need to write things down to remember them. And Quilleran's like, no, don't write that down. <laughs> it's the whole point Step number one no proof <laughs> don't mention i know quillerin <laughs> yeah to-do list number one yes all right well thank you so much for listening guys sorry again it, we kind of went off the rails there a little bit but we're back and we're happy to be back and happy to be reading yeah 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 and um yeah we'll be back next time with the third installment of the cat who blew the whistle yeah i can't actually whistle that was my attempt yeah i can't whistle either (laughs) (laughs) all right bye bye